right. Cameron. Um, yeah. I got a bone to pick with you. Okay. It's your fault that I know what bardonic is. Like, that set of syllables now means something to me, and I blame you because it's your fault. So it's funny. Um, Somebody, like, sent me a video the other day, and they were like, hey, Cameron, you like Sonic Underground, right? And then they, they sent me a video where someone took some, like, old manga that I think was hentai, but they swapped out all the word bubbles with lyrics to the Sonic Underground opening. That is funny. It is, but it's just funny that, like, that's that's my personality trait, is that one guy that likes Sonic Underground. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm a fan of Sonic Underground fans. I don't even like Sonic <laughs> Underground that much, if you think about it. No, but yeah, we watched an episode on the show, and we were like, that was fine for, like, a Saturday morning cartoon or whatever, and that was, that was as deep as that got. Yeah. But <laughs> that's such a... That's such a weird internet hipstery thing. Oh, you like that cartoon? No, no, no. I like the fans of that cartoon, but only I, the really weird fans. I like the idea of someone ironically liking it. I don't even ironically like it myself. I'm just fascinated with the idea that someone would pretend to like it. It's so specific. I feel like they should make a zoo of like, of like this. It's like a zoo <laughs> of weird fans. I don't know. I feel like there's probably some ethical problems with that. I, I wouldn't know. Um, but I feel like if you paid them, and like, let, let's face it, like, what are Sonic Underground fans doing, really? All three really? of them should All be easy to wrangle up. I so, you, you can bribe them with cartoons. It's super easy to get a hold of them. So we we have fun. We have. I feel like both of us have a funny sense of humor. Um, even if I introduce you to more weirder things, I feel like we there is overlap between our interests too. Yes. Um. So I've been, uh, I've been like starting to learn Unity, and I think oh, cool. I know how to make a really simple VR chat world. Ooh, that would be fun. And I'm talking like really simple, at least to start. But I think I can make one, and I'm trying to figure out like, okay, what should my first project be? Because I'll probably do a test where it's just like cubes, and I want to see the scale when you spawn into the cube world, you know. But it's yeah. like, okay, what should I try to? Should I build a store? Um, should I build an abandoned Toys R Us storefront? Should I make a That'd joke? Be fun. Should I, you know, like what? I have like little ideas I've been thinking of, and it's like, oh, should I make a Sonic Underground world? I feel like that would be up your alley, and should I would be, go there. Should it be a museum? Should it be like literally just a Sonic Underground museum where I like steal Tamer's content and put it up on the walls? And, and just like link back funny. to his YouTube or something. Like I don't know what. <laughs> Especially if you could rip some like shitty Sonic avatars that people could get while they were there. Or even better, you know what I want is uh, like a really generic, just like human avatar. Like I want to get the the Unity placeholder anime boy avatar and just give him like Sonic Underground shirts, and there'll be like twelve different ones. Honestly, that's probably the better idea because it's a lot less involved and it involves stealing from like open assets instead of not open assets, which is Yeah, I think that would be funny. I I like like like, this idea. I feel like there's a sense of a joke in having someone discover this and ask, why was this made? Who is this for? Because that's my favorite question to ask when I find a place. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Oh, I need a better hobby. So, you know how... um, Sometimes uh you'll you'll go to the movies and you'll like you'll buy a movie ticket because you're buying an excuse to complain online and you already know that you'll hate the movie. I've never done I I've probably done that but I have not done that in many many years. You didn't see Justice League? No, not till it came out on a DVD. Wow, you are a trooper. The last movie I went to going I might not like this was Cats 2019. And I kind of ironically like that, but also unironically too. I think there's like merit to that movie. It's fucking weird, but in a, in a very kind of fun horror way. No, like, I think the I, weirdness I can the be appreciated. I, I don't think irony is the way to describe your relationship with the movie. I did a death metal version of one of the songs from it. So I clearly like it more than just ironically. But otherwise, no, if I think I'm going to not like a movie... I'll either just not see it or I'll wait till it comes out. And then I'll be like, okay, I'm like eight months late, but now I can be part of the conversation. 
So my point is, I really miss going to the movies. And I'm so desperate. And I, I found out Sunday night that Monster Hunter came out. And I'm like, I'm going to the movies. And I just, I went. How I, is Monster Hunter? I, you know, I really enjoyed it. Uh, are you a What's fan of that the, series? I've never played it. I I liked it before it was cool. And when I say that, I don't mean uh, like in a hipster way. I mean, there's there's literally a point where Monster Hunter was not like making money. And it's like, oh, I kind of like this idea. It's interesting. And then there's a point where Monster Hunter as a series is Capcom's single most lucrative property. Sure. I'm so, guessing gameplay wise and scope wise, they've probably changed a lot from A to B. Well, yeah, and actually the more recent one, uh, Monster Hunter Worlds on, like, PS4, that's, like, the most removed from the series because they've made it so easy to do. Like, this used to be, like, Dark Souls, where sure. it's it the charm comes from how clunky and horrible it is, but that kind of increases the sense of reward when you finish something. Makes sense. So, I don't know. I care. I get stuff about it. <laughs> When, uh, when they put up the trailer where it's like the U.S. Army was there and they had a tank and then a dragon showed up. So they had to fight the dragon. It's like, what the fuck is this? Like, I, I couldn't put words to my frustration. But it's like, I'm desperate. I'm going to go to the movies. Man, I enjoyed my time at the movies. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe part of it was just the fun of seeing a movie again. Um, But I think what got me the most was just that. They actually abandoned the U.S. Army part really fast. Oh, that's good. It's a weird framing device that didn't need to be there. And then they they have a lot of fan service. Like, there's a part where there's a big monster, and they kill it. And then they, they like, take parts from the monster to make better weapons that play into the weakness of a bigger monster. And then they kill the bigger monster. And, like, and she takes out a knife, and she's, like, cutting off some of its, like, iron-hard hide to use as a tool and it's like this is what the game's about <laughs> like they actually they incorporated cool. the stuff i want out of the game into it i did not expect that because i saw that trailer and i was like uh, this looks like a swing and a miss the it sort of still is like it's not perfect um it's a turn your brain off kind of action movie but sure. the amount of fan service it's like oh they actually did kind of care I feel like this is a conceit that like the producers demanded certain things in and then so they found a way to work around it um, the trailer doesn't do it justice, but that's not to say that it's a great movie that everyone should see. Okay. It reminds me, like, probably because Mia Jovovich is in it, but just, like, back when we were getting Underworld and Resident Evil movies, right? Yeah. And I I have, I like Underworld. I still will hold up that at least two of those are good, maybe three of them. Uh, but they're a certain kind of good, right? You're not, like, you're not watching high art. You're watching beautiful people kill each other in really cartoonish stupid ways with a very blue palette and you know what you're getting going in and this feels like it's a similar vein where it's just like oh this is a dumb action movie with literally the stars of those older dumb action movies and you have fun and that's all you're there for you're not looking for like the human experience you're, you want to watch a, a cool lady kill monsters and, and that's it and frankly i want to say it's better than the resident evil movies um, I didn't really I, ever like most of those, but there's something charming about them. Like I don't think I've charming seen all about of them. them, and they have their own fans. I don't, I don't know yeah. how much overlap there is with the game fans, but the movies do have a a following, and they make money. I'm not prepared to say that Monster Hunter is better than Underworld, but I think you can totally just lump all these together. Um, if you went bobbing for apples and pulled out a DVD from any of these movies, you go like, oh yay, still a fun party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the idea of bobbing for apples, but it's just like C tier action movies. I I I I was I just started thinking about the logistics, and it's like if the cases seal, they'd have like air in them, so they float on the water. So you could actually like you could arrange this. Yeah, I have off on Friday, and my dad's like, "You want to hang out?" And I was like, "Yeah, we could. We should do something." I kind of want to watch a movie. And I've been kind of itching to watch, like, one of the Underworld movies because it's been so long, but I don't want to put him through that. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, I, I'll, I'll have to put that off another another couple of weeks. Eventually, though, I want to throw in the second one because I know that's my favorite. And uh, I, I'm kind of in the mood. The werewolves in that movie are so good. I fucking love I, their design. 
And it's like, it's funny you say that because my mom was itching for a movie like the other weekend. And she was like, hey, we should watch a movie today. What what movie should we watch? And in my in my mind, immediately came the thought was like, I haven't seen that Turkish knockoff of Star Wars in a while. <laughs> and then the words that came out of my mouth were, how about the Bumblebee movie? Um, Is that any better, though? Yeah. Did you, you never I'd saw actually, Bumblebee? I've never actually... The one with uh, Seinfeld in it? Uh, n- oh, no. no. Oh, I'm thinking the B-movie, and you're talking about the Transformer movie. Oh, no, not B-movie. No, okay, I have seen Bumblebee. Oh, that is a good movie, that, yeah, the Transformer one, okay. And she loved it. No, yeah, that's great. That We watched that, I want to say last year for the first time. No, that was that's a fun movie. I'm always a full year behind with movies. Now, and it's really funny when I'll get on like, the comics podcast, like, hey, guys, I finally saw Frozen 2. Like twelve months later. Well, but you know, I get to, I get to them eventually. Yeah, there's no rush. They're going to be around, and it's not like they make good movies to enjoy in the present, anyways. Dude, I feel like such a fucking radio DJ right now, like talking into a normal microphone with headphones on. This is so fucking weird. <laughs> it's a good feeling though. Isn't I think I'm it? talking really loud too because my headphones are like noise canceling, and I can't hear myself very well. So I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not. I'm not clipping, but I'm like, I feel like I'm shouting. No, you sound pretty good to me. That's good. So, it's almost um, $200 microphone, I better. We were talking about disappointment and like signing up for disappointment specifically. So, the other thing that happened this weekend was BlizzCon. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, to report back that nothing happened. I'm. That's kind of what I heard from other people, mostly I- you. I'm not sure why they had it. Like, if they did this last year at the normal time in November, it, even if they didn't announce anything, it's like, yeah, but it's tradition, so I'm glad they did it anyways. But for them to say, oh, we're going to do this in February, it kind of felt like, oh, they have something to say. And they went through the entire opening ceremony without even mentioning Overwatch, which is kind of weird. Yeah. I think the winner to come out was Hearthstone, which has an expansion themed around barons. So it's like level two, you know, Warcraft content is the Is theme. there any Chuck Norris jokes in there? That's where everyone said they want, they want Mankirk's wife and they want Chuck Norris. So it's like, everyone's like, okay, we, we're all on the same page. Let's see if they, they live up to it. Um, what's the other thing? The, and then I like the retro stuff. Like they announced a Diablo two and then, Rock and Roll Racing and the Lost Vikings and Blackwatch and Burning Crusade is back. You can play Burning Crusade now. And it's like, wait, okay. Wait, could are, you not? Uh, what? Before? No, you couldn't. For Burning. Oh, weird. So now you can. And it's like, you guys aren't doing anything. You're just kind of like opening your dusty chest and dumping some stuff out. That's good. You know what would be cool? Okay, this is Blizzard. If you want to get me back into World of Warcraft. You take all of the raids I'm nostalgic for, and you let me just get with 10 people, and we go in, and it scales us to those, and then we just play them, and then we leave, and then we don't play anymore. Like, I would love to rerun Kara, and then, like, that's it. So they do that. It's called time walking. Huh. They have a... It's like, it'll go for a week, and and the calendar cycles through these. So once or twice a month, there'll be a time walking event from a different expansion. So it's like, oh, time walking, Wrath of the Lich King. And there's a special dungeon queue for like Lich King dungeons. And there's a queue for like a Lich King raid. And you can get like, there's special like time travel themed gear. So even though you're doing the old stuff, you get current gear that looks like old stuff. Like the eye levels, right? Um, oh, that's And you cool. can get like special mounts. So there's like a Wrath of the Lich King themed mount with modern fidelity to it. We get like a time Good travel job, dragon mount. <laughs> you know, it's like that's yeah, f- that that's a fun thing. Yeah, I like that a lot. I'm I'm actually not gonna go back to the game. Uh I was bluffing. Yeah. But thanks for calling my bluff, Blizzard. Like that's fantastic. <laughs> that sounds fucking great. <laughs> so well yeah, and it's like um I, I don't know why, but I bought like the ticket. Oh no, I know why. They 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 still had the goodies. Um so the whole BlizzCon event was free for everyone. But they're like, hey, if you chip in here, 
you get some goodies and there was a really cool like Warcraft mount and some Hearthstone cards and and like Warcraft game time and a and a thing over here and a thing over there and it's like you know what I I don't mind I'll I'll chip in on that one of the perks they did was uh that whole that arcade retro collection with Lost Vikings and Blackwatch um I got that for free because I bought the ticket nice so it's like oh the one thing I would have bought out of this I get for free. So it works out for me, but it's also like, this is also like the biggest thing to unveil and you're giving it out for free. Like, it's sort of weird. I guess from that perspective, though, it does seem like that bad of a BlizzCon. Like you got a, you got a neat thing for free, technically, like, and you got to hear about, I don't know, Hearthstone some more. I feel like you could have like paid the money and then not gone to the event and just read the headlines and then probably been better off. Yeah, that defeats the purpose. (laughs) There was also this weird tone where it's clearly not in front of an audience, but they're still talking as if they are like it. There's a cadence where they're holding for applause and there's not going to be any applause. And you know that. (laughs) So why are you talking like this? It's like he, he walks out and they have a little stage set up and he walks up to the camera. It's like this last year we learned what it really means to come together, no matter how far apart we are. And it's like, yes, we <laughs> we get it. <laughs> Could have just said that without the pauses. Um, Like, everything was like that. It was really weird. Um, Do you care about Diablo 4? No. I remember at one point you told me that you were mildly interested, depending if it turns out good. And then they confirmed there's no, like, couch co-op and you lost all interest. Because that was, like, the one thread... That might lead somewhere. That sounds familiar. Um, it's so weird. I <laughs> not that we have any of the next gen consoles, anyways. You can't find them. Well, I think it's on PS4. Oh, you know what? Not that it matters. Who cares? You're not going to play it. Correct. Um, <laughs> but it's just it was kind of a weird BlizzCon. Um, the talent show thing was weird. Because it's it's kind of fun to see everybody walk out on stage. Like, the same stage that they announced the Warcraft expansion, now you get to walk out in your costume, and the whole crowd cheers for you. So just that like pretty cool. Playing footage of people in their backyard that did a photo shoot. It's like, here's here's my costume, and here's how I made it, and this is, this is what it looks like in the right lighting. And it just, it wasn't the same magic, even though the right. craftsmanship was the same. The, the musical guests, they actually reached out to pretty much every single musical guest they've ever had to play a song for BlizzCon. They got Metallica, well, right? Asterisk there. Yeah, because um, yeah, they, they couldn't actually play the music for copyright reasons, which is fucking hysterical. Yes, that was that made more news than their announcements for the games. Like, like Kotaku's running stories about here. Here's what happened on Twitch when Blizzard tried to play Metallica. It's like, well, that's a little weird that that's the walk away there or takeaway. Also, I feel like Metallica look better from like kind of a distance when you're in a crowd than like cameras super close to them. <laughs> like just watching the footage, it's like, God, you guys have been around a while. Like, I'm really impressed you you can still play your instruments and have the finger dexterity and the timing and stuff at, at that age. Like, I hope I'm that healthy when I'm that old. Also... You guys have been around a while. It's a little well, yeah. uncomfortable. Um, Lindsey Sterling debuted a new song. Really? And it's like, yeah, and it went to Lindsey Sterling, and she's like, hi, everyone. Back in 2018, you had me at BlizzCon. That was such a fun show. So I'm really excited to, to debut this new song for you. And it just, like, cuts to a music video that she's going to put up on YouTube next week. And it, I felt oh, that's like... lame. Well, but it's like, I, I love Lindsey Sterling, and watching this, I kind of felt like, well, that's neat. I'll watch this later. And I turned it off. Like, it's like, I'm not in the mood right now. <laughs> it didn't, it didn't enrapture me. Sure. Um, I was kind of like, oh, when's the, when's the next Hearthstone panel in a couple hours? I'll take a break. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It, music, music's funny. Music's funny when different people handle it. Blizzard doesn't handle it well. Um, but they don't handle much well. Yeah. But I don't it know. You like fun, music, though. right? I do. A lot. Were you going somewhere with that? Yeah, this is a handoff to our subject oh, today. So, so the subject today is kind of I'm weird. I'm not going to edit that and to make you smarter. 
that's that's totally fine i, I would be upset if you did um you know like that that scene in always sunny philadelphia where charlie's like going crazy and there's all the red things connecting and he's just like it's a conspiracy i feel like i have things to talk about and we have to figure out how they connect because i'm not entirely sure how they do but it started with me um, watching a couple YouTube videos a couple weeks ago uh, by Solar Sands, who does like art critiques and just in-depth videos on art now. And he did one on a artist called Thomas Kincaid, who a lot of people probably know, or if you don't know him, you've at least seen his artwork. He does oil paintings of very like brightly lit, uh, serene landscapes and cottages and and, and roads and you know if if it's a snow scene, it's always like a really warm snow scene. Um, because his whole thing is like, I want to paint things that make me happy and make other people happy and also Jesus Christ. And it's like, okay, I get where you're coming from. And, and sure. Um, he did another video on a musician called the caretaker and his six and a half hour set of albums called everywhere at the end of time, which is about trying to make the listener audibly experience dementia through this entire thing. And, and, and just, you feel fucking awful at the end, right? Like, you finish this album and you're just like, oh my God, I am super, super upset. This is, you know, a very effective piece of art. And I'm just like, they're so different. These two things that these people are trying to do. What, what goes through people's minds? Like when you're trying to make something like what you, you, you clearly like you're, you're trying to get something out of your audience and it's crazy. Just the, the diversity of, of a to B, right? Like, because, of course, I started thinking about things I've written or, or other artists, other uh, authors, things like that. Like Stephen King, right? Writes really great books, but he still has a penchant, even at his, like, 70s, where he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put, like, really kind of uncomfortable gore for no reason in this story. Or there might be a reason, like, oh, the bad guy died. I'm going to sh- it's going to be really gory. But it's like it, it almost detracts because it's cartoonish. And it's like, what were you trying to do here? Like, were you trying to make me sick to my stomach or, or, or what? Like, and I'm guilty of doing this stuff too. And I feel like there's a, there's a conversation here <laughs> because it's really interesting, like to pull back from like the thing you're looking at and start to be like, what was the author intending emotionally to make me feel? Is it to look at this cool landscape and this cottage and and everybody's happy in this little town? Or is it like, Hey, an hour five of this six and a half hour thing, you really start to lose your goddamn mind. Like, that was my intent. I hope you're unhappy now. Did you ever now see, you um, there's a film that came out last year called Relic. Mm. I know that name. I can't remember why I know that name. You know what? I think we talked about it maybe a week ago. Um, it's, it's kind of built like a horror movie where it's like, oh, uh, grandma's crazy or grandma's possessed by a demon or there's a ghost in the house or something. And so the daughter and the granddaughter go to visit grandma because grandma's acting crazy. And it's like, they keep setting up for horror moments, but there's nothing supernatural actually happening. Sure. And, and it's just like, it's kind of depressing because the reality is that it's about like grandma's basically kind of dying and her brain's falling apart. Like her mind's going, but it's like, it's rough because it's not like, uh, like, Oh, we'll just put her in a home and it's, it's fine. It's like, that's not an option. And (laughs) it's just, it makes you feel sad. The whole movie, like the characters are going through like the five stages of grief, pretty much. Um, there's this whole, like, there's a metaphor where the, the house is kind of like representative of her mind. And it's like the house is kind of falling apart. It looks fine on the outside, but the inside needs work. And some of the walls are like coming out. And then like grandma gets lost in the space. There's like crawl spaces between the walls. And it's like the house doesn't make sense. They go in to find grandma and it's like a maze because they keep getting turned around and lost and confused. And they just want to get out. And it's like now they know what grandma's going through. And it, sure. it ends with this really upsetting shot where the three women are basically they're like after this whole climax moment, they're basically just lying on the floor like in a row. And you see this like sequence where it's like, well, it's mom's turn next. Now the grandma's dead and then granddaughter will go through the same thing later. Like that's kind of what you walk away with. OK. And it's like there's a message there and it's very clear and it's not. 
It's not one of these like super artsy movies where you have to be like snooty to understand it. Like I feel like anybody could watch it and they'd walk away sad and reflect on things. Mm-hmm. Um there's like a plus and minus to that, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. um sometimes like I'm sure this whole movie came from a very real place. Like the people that worked on it clearly understood what they were doing and they were telling a story that they wanted to tell. This wasn't just like, oh, this is shock humor. We'll we'll scare them with grandma. It was like genuine. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? Is like this this uh the caretaker set of albums. I'm not I've not listened to any of them and I don't totally have a, an interest in doing that just partly because of the time commitment. Like, holy fuck, that's that's a lot. Um But I you know, I think there's something to be said of like, hey, people go through this and it's harrowing and if you can experience even a little bit of it, you can be more empathetic, you can be more understanding. But it's still like it it takes a certain kind of like you still have to do it right like you still have to be like i'm going to compose this with the intention of like upsetting people and whether your intentions are good or not like the outcome is still like man i feel like shit after listening to that why did i do that um like thomas kincaid's paintings are are kind of they're i don't know bland in a way like they're not there's nothing like emotionally resonating to any of them right like they're just pretty little pictures and he's a halfway he's a good painter like he knows what he's doing um and so, yeah, if you go to, you know, grandma's house and she has one on the wall, you get it because that's something like a normal person would put on their wall versus, uh, I wish I could remember the artist's name, but it was another video, but he, uh, he was a kid in Poland during World War II. And so when he became a painter, a lot of his paintings are really dark and fucked up. And he was kind of like a lot of, uh, people who do, uh, digital artwork for metal albums, like kind of pull from his style. Like if you've seen a really grotesque metal album, it's probably could be traced back to this artist. Oh, I think I know who you're um, talking about and the name escapes he, me. Yeah. He's fucking brilliant. His paintings are so good. They are really disturbing. And like, I would love one of these, but you put one of those on a wall. Like people are gonna be like, dude, why is that on your wall in your living room? That's on that's No one wants to see, you know, the, the giant skull throne and the, the Nazi on top of it. Right. Like that's, and the, the, the vultures or whatever like that's some shit you know that's not a pleasant picture but you get it right because he was there and he, he's kind of gone on record being like no i just like painting what i like to paint don't look for you know any hidden meaning and it's like well you have a lot of imagery that shows up in a lot of your artwork i feel like i feel like you're trying to say something and it's totally understandable um but it, it it's i don't know like i, I would not want a, a kincaid painting because i feel like they're boring but I also don't know if I'd want this guy's painting just because it's not something you want to look at literally every day because it's, like, too upsetting. But, it, you know, like, they both had their reasons for making these, and it, it's it's weird. I like, uh, I like metal, I like horror, I like all of these things, and I like creating it. But also, it, it's funny just the what people are expecting their audiences to get out of it, right? Is It can be very different. Like, Amon Amar sings about viking lore and, and and thor and shit and like okay they're they're making kind of like fun music versus dissection who are like no we're gonna sing about how awesome satan is we want you to you know we're dark and edgy and, and whatnot like it's very different but i don't know this is why i was like i don't have the connective tissue here like i feel like there's a discussion and i have bits and like puzzle pieces but i don't know I don't know what the thesis is other than, like, this is something I noticed and I've kind of wanted to talk about because it's interesting, but I'm stupid. Yeah, um, it is interesting. There's – you touched on something earlier um, specifically about, like, getting a message out or getting emotion out. And it's like uh, – <clears throat> um, I showed you that comic I've been working on or it's like a, it's like a romance, but it's like Zootopia – where they're yes. animals and it's like i set it up like it's a dramatic it's like a romance drama i guess but like my intention was always that there's never a happy ending and i just want these characters to be miserable at all times yes and there's like a weird there's like a therapeutic quality to it where like i have thoughts that i want to get out of my system so i'll subject fictional characters to it but there's also like a part of myself in these fictional characters. Yeah. And it's like I I love uh <laughs> I love the feedback I get. 
Like I always get these comments where I was like, oh, I hope there's a happy ending. So, oh, I hope they can make it work. I hope they can solve their argument and get back together. And it's like, boy, I wish there was someone in my life that was wishing this about me. But I'll I'll take the <laughs> I'll take the fictional version compliments just as well, I guess. It's funny too, because I know like you've kind of talked about, you know, that there's this one character you have that you fucking hate, and it's kind of like I think you you know, some of your negative qualities that you don't like about yourself are in this character. And then like there's like the fans are just like, I love this character. I relate to him so hard, and you're just like, I want him to die. I want him to get hit by a bus. Yeah, and then I wrote that into the story where he got hit by a bus. I know, and it's like, so funny. And it's like, it's set up too that it's like, he's a mouse, right? And it's like, but he's dating a snake, so is the snake just going to kill him? No, he's going to get hit by a bus. And then the snake will feel guilty about it, because everyone hates her cause for being a snake anyways, even though she didn't do anything wrong. And it's like, this is, it's me. It's the story of me. Yeah. It's like in Hereditary, when the mother's just like, I feel blamed. And it's like, blamed for what? I don't know, I just feel blamed. Like, it's, yeah. <laughs> you know... I know with uh, a lot of the stuff I've written, because I do that a lot, yay, like the last one I did, um, there's a scene in the book where the, the main character is like remembering uh, how she had to put her cat down, and this is like a very traumatic experience. Uh, but the thing is, is like, it's basically like a shot for shot of when I had to put Tiger down a couple years ago, which was not a fun experience at all. And like, I went into some details on there, and I didn't fucking need to do that. Like, I'm writing this being like, this is going to upset. If this ever gets published and people read this, they're going to be like, this sucks. Well, why did you put this? This is like cruel. And it's like, yeah, I know. I I, I kind of did it just to spite the readers. Like, there's no real reason for it. But it just seemed like the, the thing at the time. I was like, I want to I fucking put what happened to me on paper so it's out there. Like, I've been meaning to write about that for a while and now I have an excuse. But narratively, it doesn't. I don't know if it really does anything. It's just like shock horror. Like, you know, it's like, oh, this is a Stephen King thing when he had all the children fucking a sewer and it. Like, he didn't need to do that. That was stupid. He even thinks it's stupid. He's like, I wish I hadn't done that. That was, that was dumb. But he did it anyways, and he did it for a reason. It was largely just to, like, upset the readers. Yeah, and I, I think there's, um... I guess, I guess I'm going to ask you a hypothetical. Like, if you had a genie wish or something, and you could go back in time... What in your life would you change? Like, what one event would you change? Oh, boy, I have no you know, idea. Because you, you don't have to answer that. But it's like, I've thought about this. And realistically, literally, I would not change a single thing about my life. And it's hard to say, but it's like, there's things where it's like, oh, I wish I never took that job. Or I wish I never met that person. Or where would I be if I didn't uh, do this one thing at this one time? You know, what if I got a different degree? What if I did... But it's like all the all the negative things were learning experiences and all the positive things are things that I cherish and I wouldn't want to be without either of those things. And it's very hard to say that because there's like literally there's like a there's a one thing in my life where it's like, oh, I wish I never met that person. But if a genie said I could make that happen, it's like, no, no, give me French fries. I'm good. That's the thing, right? Like because I could think of. I'd almost want to change something fairly meaningless just because, you know, it's been a weird 31 years and I'm going to turn 32 pretty soon, but ultimately I've, I've landed in a pretty good spot. I, I fairly enjoy my job. I like all my hobbies. I like my house. I like my cat, right? Like it, it worked out and it continues to work out. And so if I change something too big, like who the fuck knows, right? I mean, I could, you, you alter the timeline that far back, you might be dead, um, Part of me is like, yeah, if I could go back to, like, when I was 10 and be like, hey, I should take piano lessons. Like, it turns out I I wish I knew how to play an instrument, and I fucking don't. And that shit's, you know, you start early, you keep it, and you retain it, and you move forward. But if I had done that, I might not, maybe I wouldn't write. Like, well, it's like, well, I like writing more than the music stuff I do, so I want to keep the writing thing. So I guess I wouldn't actually want to go back and change that. Um, I almost wonder, like, when I went to see Rob Zombie... I uh, went with someone I went to college with, and she kind of didn't want to go, and I offered to buy her a ticket and, and kind of conjure her, because like, I feel like, oh, it's a concert, I have to go with a person, I can't just go by myself, and uh, it wasn't a great time, because she didn't really want to be there, and and, and uh, we, you know, just kind of didn't make the mood great, where it's like, you know, if I could go back in time knowing what I do now, I just would have went by myself, 
and and then I would have got drunk with strangers and, and jumped in the pit and it would have been super fun and then and I wouldn't have like upset this person and had this like weird baggage with that you know memory um and I probably would have left going oh I can just go to concerts by myself if no one else wants to go look at all these shows that have opened up that I can just go to now that, so that would have been great but it's super small right like that's it's not this big life-changing event it's just a four hours of my time that could have been slightly more fun than they were. Okay. I wonder, I mean, I feel like that, that answer might detract from my point, but that's also a totally valid thing. Well, um, I, I think you're almost like not thinking small enough, right? Like when you say like French fries, it's like, yeah, just back in time. No, I want French fries right now. Cause French fries but, fucking rule. Like, but I mean, what my, my point was to back to the conversation we're at. One of the reasons I like to subject my readers to like uncomfortable moments or bad moments or unhappy endings is like, I feel like there's something to be gained from not only being unsure of where the story will go, but also having to deal with an unsatisfactory ending. Sure. Like I, I hate how predictable like every movie is. I hate how predictable a lot of things are. It's just, it's boring. I was, did I rant about this last time we did a show how much I hate game of Thrones? Or was I talking with someone else? I feel like that's that's iffy because I feel like we've probably had that conversation. I just don't know if it's ever been on the podcast. It's just, it's just like someone referred to to Ned Stark being executed at the end as like a spoiler, and it's like, isn't that what the first chapter is about? And like, I had someone like like they were angry with me that I wasn't agreeing with them that that's a spoiler, and it's like, are you illiterate? It's like I I couldn't. I couldn't put myself in the brain space of this person. I feel like that, that happens a decent chunk of the way into the book. It's not in the beginning. It's sort of in the middle. I, I really could have sworn that was the first chapter. No, uh, the first chapter, they behead someone from the Night's Watch who defected because he saw the White Walkers. Yeah, the, that whole sequence where they find the wolves and they, they like really yeah. they hammer in like, oh, that's a, it's an omen and it's oh, it's a metaphor for you because you have the same number of children and you have the one uh, snowy wolf that's like your snow child. And and uh, yes, and yes. then at the same time, the king summoned you to his court and you can't trust him and it's all bad and and he's dishonorable. And you explained what honorable people do, but what dishonorable people do different and they behead the person. And it's like, yeah, it's like the story is about him dying because the world is cruel. Like that's chapter one. Yeah, but and Ned so it's doesn't like, die in that chapter. But you know that's what the story is. You do. And so it's like the the idea that you go through the entire book without understanding that, and that at the end you're surprised. It's like, did you read the book? Like, what 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 are you getting out of it if you can't piece this little thing together? You know that, what I mean? That's the thing about spoilers, right? It's like, spoilers by the nature are like plot stuff, and if the plot part is like the most important part thing to a story to you you're doing it wrong uh because like you said like you no know, the, the really thing about game of thrones is like the themes and then the character progressions and stuff so yeah like ned dying is kind of if you if you're only like two chapters in and someone tells you that you'd be like oh well that sucks but it's it's not the point of that story right it's just a thing that ends up happening uh to show the point like it, it but it isn't you don't read it to follow ned to die like you read it because of the giant chess game of politics that's going on. And he's just, it turns out not a King. He's, you know, a rook. Right. And I think that's the, that's the good thing. That's like what you're supposed to take from game of Thrones is that kind of journey and reflecting on the stuff that happens. But it's like, people think that the shock that he dies at the end is what, that's the hook. That's when I knew I was a fan. And it's like, eh, eh, yeah and it's funny because you wonder what like and i'm pretty sure martin's talked about this because i know he's he's he said that like killing his characters for him is hard to do which is funny because he does it quite a bit uh or not he doesn't actually do it that much he's got like this weird uh thing you know i was like oh he just kills all your favorite characters and it's like not like it's he's not like cruel about it like he does it for a purpose and it does it when it needs to happen it's not like he's just machine gunning down half the cast randomly. It's like, it, it, it's also um like, I didn't watch the show, but when the, the final episode aired and there was like a, the like montage of where all the characters are at now. And it's like, Oh, a lot of characters didn't die. A lot of yeah. these uh, hot topic t-shirts made it. I notice. 
<laughs> it was. I remember um, when I first read Harry Potter and the last book, and they have that big battle in Hogwarts with all the Death Eaters, right? And they're going through like the casualties, and you're like, "Wait, Lupin died, Tonks died, one of the Weasley twins died. Like, what the fuck?" And I remember being like, like, like really kind of upset and shocked by that. I was like, I couldn't believe she did that. But you know, as a reader, it's like, well. You can't have, like, this giant climactic war against, like, you know, the wizard Hitler versus the the wizard not Hitler <laughs> and not have anybody important die. Like, that's unrealistic. And it, it know, cheapens funny. the battle. Yeah, it's funny, um, especially when you look at something like uh, Lord of the Rings, where, like, the stakes are high and the, the foes are, like, really fierce and grisly. Um, but realistically... The, the head count of good guys isn't that bad, mm-hmm. all things considered. Um, I know that's, uh, you know, that's a fantasy yeah, or whatever, I've... and it's written in a way, but but it's also kind of like, it, it, not that I want these characters to die, because it's like, it's kind of nice to see them, uh you know, enjoy their victory. But it's also kind of interesting that, like, Harry Potter inserted a little more realism and a little more weight to what's at stake. And it's like, oh, man, that was awful. But at least it's over. Yes. Instead of a we did it because of friendship. And then the and then the epilogue happens and it's awful. But if you, yes. if you read it. <laughs> As I wish these at, characters died more. Pretty much. The last time you reread I reread Harry Potter, I did not read that epilogue. And I was like, perfect, did it right. You should you know what you should do is you should literally like take a match and burn those pages out, but like leave it in the spine. Just That'd so like funny. if someone else finds that book and like what happened at the end there? It's like I fixed it. <laughs> pretty much um fuck there was a there was a run of dc comics a handful of years ago that were really really good and then the last two pages were the shitty twist into some event they were gonna do and it was like you ruined it you you fucking ruined it why but you, you needed to sell your stupid event ah oh, i can't there's some batman thing that's awful at least with there though i can see like the, the glue, right? Like, I understand why they did that. It's like, well, well, we have to have X amount of event comics every year because that's where we make a shitload of money because people like them and they talk about them and then they go buy more comics. Uh, and there's not always an elegant way to introduce them. So, boom, did it. So I understand the logic there. It's just, it's still bad storytelling, but... I <laughs> I just had this mental image. It, I, if, like, more characters died at the end of Harry Potter... Um, and then they like, remember when it's like, when his son is in the movie, when he's like, 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 but father, I'm afraid to go to school. And he's, and he's like, like he lists, like he says out loud the whole like last name where he like, what is he named? Oh, he's like, uh, Elvis Silverus Dumbledore, Harry Potter. It, his name's like, like four names. His, his name's like James Albus Severus Potter. Yeah, yeah, yes. It's fucking and it's like, stupid. I I wish that like more characters died just at the end. At the end, he's like, okay, James, Dobby, Gellert, Jenny, Gilderoy, Albus, <laughs> Molly, Alistair, Minerva, Dolores, Lucius, Newt, Remus, Luna, Rubius again, Fred and George Weasley, Bellatrix, Draco, <laughs> Sirius. Voldemort, right. Neville, Albus, Severus, Ronald, Hermione, <laughs> Potter. They're just It'll be dead. okay. Here's the thing is, Dolores, I don't think ever gets a proper resolution to her. Like, she's like literally one of <laughs> the worst Dolores? characters in the Umbridge? She's the uh, Defense oh. Against the Dark Arts teacher in, in book five, then ends up like taking over the ministry and she tortures people and is awful. I. They they take the locket from her, and I don't remember. I don't think she ever like has a proper wrap up. Like it's not like oh, and then she wound up in wizard jail. It's like I think I think she just got away. I I thought she got raped by centaurs. She did, but that wasn't the end of book five, and so she comes back in book six and seven. How did she recover from her centaur wounds? I mean, they're wizards. They probably just like, hey, do you want to forget some stuff? We have this magical thing called alcohol. I mean, it's it's wizard elixir. Erectus Removus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, Harry Potter, you weird series. Uh, I want to. I want them to make like a modern day Harry Potter where it's like, um, 
it literally like I want to say the similar universe, not not the exact same universe, but it's like it's 2021 and it's New York City. And then there's some there's some sad orphan kid living with his aunt and uncle. Um, but then a magical rat gives him a letter and he's going to the the magical wizard school in Jersey. And then it's just <laughs> everyone there is like streaming videos all day on their iPhones and going like, like, yeah, I can you can magically, you know, I could I could wave my wand and uh, and like summon dinner. But I got DoorDash and we got a five dollar credit. So it's easier. I feel like that'd be a really good um, adult swim sketch for something. Like, like that would make a really good 15 minute short and I would be afraid it would unless you really like went full in on it and we're like no we're gonna actually develop some characters and we're gonna tell a story like it's funny that was but, a robot yeah. chicken skit was it I remember it now yeah it was uh it was like potions class or no it was it was like like okay everyone here's how you lift a feather you say Wingardium Leviosa and then the and then the like one of the students says like Wingardium Leviosa, and then his like hand exploded because he's pronounced it wrong. And then like it's like potions class. It's like here's how you make a, a magic potion. You put in two drops of this, and then three drops of this, and then this the guy puts in four drops, and then his monkey turns into like it's like his hand turns into a chimpanzee head that mauls his face off. <laughs> and they're and like they're like uh, I think the school's too dangerous. We're gonna go to a normal school, and he just cuts to New York, and like all the all the like <laughs> all the inner city kids are like bullying Harry Potter, and he's like, oh, stop it! And where's Hermione? I haven't seen her all week. And then like the snooty girls are like, like, oh, she killed herself because I kept making fun of her hair because she's stupid, and all the kids are like laughing, and it's like, jeez, <laughs> that got dark. It did. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there was an ad. Uh, in Star Talk, the, the Neil deGrasse Tyson podcast about science, there was a Harry Potter ad for, I can't remember what, uh, some uh, outside learning thing, you know, where like, hey, sign up for this and you can take college courses on your computer. And it was like uh, Hermione and Ron being like, Harry, are you going to take potions and care of magical creatures? And he's like, no, I'm going to I'm gonna take arithmetic. I want to be, uh, I, want, I want an actual job after I get out of this fucking school. <laughs> kind of thing it was actually really funny i want i want them to like go into the future and like harry potter's part of the the wizard fbi or whatever and and ron like owns his own whatever he does but like i want them to go down to the the city and there's like neville's feather lifting business and he's like i I got it down (laughs) i can do it Neville turned kind of cool by the end, though. No, he did. He killed a snake. I think. Um, I I think there's something weird where I I feel like those movies were adapted pretty good from the source material, but they kind of splinter in a way that's just gonna happen. Yeah, and it's like there's some characters that are portrayed a little different on film than they are in the books, which is sometimes like a detriment because I feel like they don't give Neville enough credit for his like. His growth as a character. It's just like at the end, they just give him a good moment. Ron also kind of like slides into being like the jerk one, like the comic relief jerk as it goes. Like the movies do him a bit dirty and like a lot of some of his traits that are good, like get thrown on Hermione and she it's like really Harry and Hermione are the good ones. And then Ron is the fuck up that just hangs out with them. But in the books, like Ron actually has quite a bit to contribute to the group. Uh, He's not, like, the smartest one, but he's definitely, like, a good bro. Like, he's, you know, willing to break the rules or whatever, right? Where Hermione never you know, wants to. And it, it's, like, the movie's kind of I really like how they did around. the first one. Um, yeah. I think that kid did a good job with that role. And it's really satisfying at the end when he has to do the chess game. And it's, like, realistically, he's the only one that could win this chess game. And it's, like, he's in the right time and the right place. It's, like, believable that it worked out. And it's like, yay, Ron came through at the end. And I feel like they never do that again for him. <laughs> He's always just, oh, yeah. Harry. Harry. Because <laughs> that was the thing. It's like he could the actually, like, show. you know, like, because I can't, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, like, you have to think a few moves ahead for chess, right? Like, I feel like he could kind of do that. Like, that was his thing. And I'm pretty sure the books make more use of that. Like, especially when they're, like, breaking into Gringotts and stuff. Like, Ron's helpful. But in the movies, it's sort of like, well, Hermione's the smart one. So she has this ability now too at Ron just bitches and moans. 
And I, it's been a while since I've seen the movies, but I don't think I'm misremembering that. No, you're right. So we started off with dumb stuff, and then we got into other dumb stuff, and then we ended on Harry Potter, which is dumb stuff. So we're at 52 minutes. Do we want to do a glad space and wrap up? Well, I thought we were going to talk about these music videos. We didn't even get there. Oh, did, do we? Okay, we should talk about these real quick because they kind of involve what we were talking about earlier, and also, it's it, this is an interesting mix of of like of tone, right? I, I don't if you listen to either of these. A little bit, yeah. I, I caught the differences. Okay, so the band is falling in reverse, and the song is "I'm Not a Vampire." Um, the original came out like nine years ago, and then like a week ago, uh, they redid it and completely changed like the tone of the song a lot of the delivery is different the lyrics are the same but it, the message is really really different and i love the 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 new version i think it's this fantastic kind of like musical quality like piece of storytelling uh the ending the the crescendo at the end and like the, the the break into like these really tortured screams and stuff like perfect uh about this character who is possibly struggling with like drug addiction and, and it, it thinks of himself as a vampire and like it's just all this negative negative energy that's really well done and then the original version is almost like a it's like the same lyrics but it's so it's so much more jovial like they're having fun with it like haha i might be a vampire look at all the drugs i do kind of thing and the music videos like them fucking around at rehab and playing pranks and I, I cannot fucking like the total whiplash is crazy. And it's like, what what were you trying to do when you first wrote this? Because these lyrics aren't bad. They're actually like there's really good stuff here, but like the delivery oh, yeah. is just so weird. Yeah, and I, I really love this. The idea of revisiting your own work and putting a spin on it. Like I, I love to listen to cover bands and different versions of songs. Like, what would someone else do with this? Having mm-hmm. the same people go like, what would I do with this? And do a different version is always entertaining it's cool to see like the growth too right like hey we were way younger when we did this and we were kind of like aping on like the motley crew aesthetic and and uh doing trying to do like party music because our our record label probably really thought that would sell at the time versus okay we've been around long enough we have a really established fan base we can literally do what we want we have a bigger budget for music video and this song actually means this to me and i want to convey that emotion the way it should properly be conveyed is how I imagine it was done. I have no idea. I don't know much about the the lead singer of this band, but I was, I was extremely fascinated by the before and after of this, of this tune. Yeah. I, I recommend to everybody look up. I'm not a vampire and find the two different versions. If you dare, if you dare, if you dare, um, I think I'm out of things to talk about. I mean, it is getting late. We can uh, we can wrap things up. Did you have a glad space to share with everybody? Um, yeah. Okay. So for Christmas, uh, one of the things I got my mom was like some really good cocoa powder because she's always like watching these baking shows. She's like, I wonder what kind of cocoa powder they use, and and she obviously has like the stuff she she likes, but it's the stuff you get locally, and it's you know whatever. So I went on Amazon. And I was like, what's the best fucking cocoa powder I can buy? And I found some. And I bought it for. Her. And she made brownies with it. Uh, this is a week ago now, but... And, like, holy fuck. They were, like, some of the best brownies I have ever goddamn had. Turns out, if you get really high-quality cocoa powder, that shit makes a huge difference. And and uh, those were great brownies. And she put chocolate chips in them. And, and I, you know, it was, it was a good old pastry. That actually sounds really good. I, I love having quality ingredients. It's funny that's your glad space, because mine is also a pastry my mom made. Oh, nice. Uh, she made their their cupcakes, but they're banana bread cupcakes with a peanut butter frosting. Oh shit! That bet that's delicious. It tastes as good as you hope it would. It is peanut like peanut butter frosting. How the hell do you make that? I'll try to get the recipe from her because honestly, like you, you'd probably just want to make it. Okay. Yeah. Dogs, come on now. Hi, Cameron's dogs. They're really wound up considering how late it is for them. They normally go to sleep by now. Um, But yeah, peanut butter and banana cupcakes. I have cool. a feeling there's not that many recipes. I bet if you Google it, you'll just find it. Probably. Uh, I, oh, man. I I want them again soon. <laughs> nice. A, a simple pleasure. 
But again, I wouldn't trade that for the world. Yeah. Fuck you, Genie or Wish. Would unless I? it was to like have two. Dude, I I would love just for the sake of the joke, I would love to waste all my genie wishes. Like like I would be really tempted. If you and me like let's say that we we go on vacation, right? And we're going to fly yeah. to Cuba, but our plane crashes on an island, and then I find the genie lamp. You have to take that from me, because I'm going to be really tempted to just, like, wish that it wasn't raining right now. And then <laughs> wish that it was raining, because I miss it. <laughs> I I feel like I'd be like, I wish that uh, unhealthy foods would not make me fat. Or, like, I wish I would never get hang. Actually, no, the hangover thing... If, if I don't get hangovers every once in a while, like, I don't learn my lesson, and I'm just going to become a really hardcore alcoholic, so I don't know if I'd actually want to do that. Dude, I was hungover on Sunday, like, and it was awful. I was, I wasn't, like, vomiting, headache hungover. I was just sort of, like, I'm so tired, and I don't want to move hungover, like, all day. And it's like, but I gotta clean the house, I gotta go grocery shopping, I gotta do dishes. And it was, it was just a miserable fucking day, and so I haven't had any booze uh, since I've, I've taken the week off. Yeah, I I drink a lot on Sunday. Or was it Saturday? It was Saturday. Um, no, it was Monday. I drank a lot <laughs> <Is> last week. <laughs> last week sucked. The fuck the weather. Yay. Well, I hope everyone has a good week. Yeah. And remember to to write your own Harry Potter fan fiction. It's incredibly easy. There's very little rules to confide you. You could just make stuff up. It doesn't matter. I've been, oh man, one more thing. I've been rereading The Great Gatsby, and like, I got to a point where I was like, you know what would be really funny is to write like My Little Pony X Great Gatsby crossover fanfiction. And I swear to God, if I had either more time in the day or more alcoholism, that would absolutely exist and I would do it. <laughs> I, I, I love, um, there's some weird like fanfiction y crossover genres where there's like sometimes you'll find a funny crossover and it's like well that's weird but then you find like eight more entries with this concept and you're like huh did you ever see that jenny nicholson video or it was like it was the purge but also with one direction oh god no i saw that she posted that and it's one i've been beating to watch because it just seems fucking fascinating no that that one's funny um but what's funny is that these are written by very different people like it's on this fan fiction website and these girls are writing their fan fiction and it's like, okay, apparently they all like the purge and they all like one direction, but then they all have their own like takes on where that fan fiction should go. So it's not like a running joke where everyone's like, Oh, I'm going to steal that idea. It's more like they all generally came up with the idea on their own. Huh? There's like, like Jenny skims over several that she doesn't feel like digging into. Cause there's too many for one video. That's crazy. It's kind of weird. Yeah. So it's stuff like that where it's like if you were to kickstart a Great Gatsby and My Little Pony genre, that would be a delight. Someone told me that was like, you know, 2016 would have been the good year for that. I think that's when the movie came out with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. And then obviously MLP was much bigger than it is now in 2016. Uh, so a bit of a swing in the miss, but well, I don't no, know. I, I disagree. I, I feel like there's more novelty the less sense that the crossover makes yeah i guess i the whole story you know what this kind of goes back to monster hunter about halfway through the movie i realized oh this isn't an adaptation of the game monster hunter this is like one of those crazy capcom crossovers where just for no reason something happened and when i watched the movie as if it was monster hunter dlc i realized oh i love this nice it's like, oh, it's not Monster Hunter. It's the PSP like add-on content <laughs> they did that one month. I get it now. It's a PlayStation Vita, Cameron. Come on. What'd I say? PSP. No, it was on the PSP. Oh, never mind. Do you, you know that that's what inspired this movie? Like the director was inspired by Metal Gear um Metal Gear Peace Walker. Really? Yeah, because Peace Walker had monster hunter dlc where you're a snake but you go to this island and there's a little cat and the cat shows you a dragon so you have to use your rocket launcher to fight the dragon and it's like this was on the psp so it looks really bad 
but it's also like, oh, this is what the movie's based on. Ah. Uh, it's weird. <laughs> and it doesn't a, need to be there. I kind of like it, though. That's cool. It's a, it's a very kind of like, it's a silly video game thing to do from a Japanese company. And it's like, oh, I wish they kind of spun it this way in the marketing. Yeah. So real quick, my, my MLP idea. Um, so Gatsby has a huge library is uh, one of the things that kind of comes up. And I was like, man, is if he I, actually if, great. Uh, okay. He's, I mean, there's, there's multiple definitions of, of how you could apply great to a person, but you know, everybody comes to his house for these parties uh, because they want to meet other people who are rich and famous, or they want to get in his good graces because he's a bootlegger and has a lot of money or, you know, whatever. Right. And it's like, well, I would go because he's got a big library and I'm just like, you know, it'd be funny is if like Twilight Sparkle went to Great Gatsby's party so she could be at his library. And, and, and like, there's all these like drunk ponies walking around and, and, you know, this fantastical horse shit or whatever. And Gatsby's, of course, a mud pony. Um, and, and she's just like, no, I'm content. I just, I just want to go to the, to the library. But I picture Rarity like tagging along with Twilight because she wants and to she, be at the party. Oh, yeah. And she totally wants to fuck Gatsby. Like. Well, that, that's the thing. It's like she would find out that that Twilight's going and it's like, like, oh, darling, you have to take me. <laughs> you didn't tell me you knew the great Gatsby. And, and Twilight's like, well, I am royalty. Like, of course, I got an invite. Like, look at these fucking wings. It's, it's like the other. Per- <laughs> why does this write itself? Ugh. I know it's stupid. The other problem, though, is I haven't seen this show in so long. I don't remember how the characters talk. And I feel like. The whole point of fan fiction is to write the characters. And to write the characters means to do it well. Like, they they talk a certain way. Like, just say, putting the word darling after everything Rarity says doesn't mean you're writing a good rarity. Like, there's more to her than just that word, right? Like, or making Twilight neurotic for no reason. Like, there's there's a method to her neuroses. Um, and one of the things that just turns me off of most fan fiction is they're just like, I want to write this character doing this. But I'm not going to write that character, right? It's like, it's going to be like the, the picture of him, but it's not going to be any of his flaws or his, his powers or, you know, any of that shit. Like, it's frustrating. I've, I've definitely read some bad fan fiction and it, it it's like, why did you do this? Like, you're, you're not even writing this character. Like, I've, I've seen My Hero Academia. I know how Bakugo talks. You're doing it wrong. He doesn't fucking talk like this. Sorry. I yeah, had a there's PTSD a skill flashback. to that. I... I th- I think sometimes the best fan fictions are the ones that like miss the character entirely too. I mean, there's like a novelty to them. If you want, if you want like the cringe fest kind of like I yeah. Uh, there was a there was a story once. It was like a it was a. I know it was Star Trek, but it was like Star Trek and something else. And it was written to be a comedy. Like it was intentionally preposterous and like making fun of fan fiction. But what was weird was how I feel like they they wrote Spock correctly, like how Spock would actually react to these weird things going on. And it's like, no, 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 he shouldn't. He shouldn't think this is weird. It's so much better if it's normal for a pony to show up, you know? Yeah, like that's a lot more entertaining than him saying like, "I don't understand why there's a talking, colorful cartoon character on the bridge." No, don't. <laughs> it's like no, you have to, you have to push that in the universe. What's going on is normal. Yeah, and it works because of the context of the reader understanding that it's not. There's a there's a very delicate balance to play with there. The other thing, if I were ever to do this. And I've clearly put more than five minutes of thought into it, but it's like the the writing style in The Great Gatsby is very distinct that I'd almost want to try and mimic it the way the, the eye voice, the way Nick tells the story, but just have it be Twilight. But then it's like, well, Twilight doesn't wouldn't write or talk that way. Like, you know, so you're running into that issue there. But I don't know. God, like the, the, the gimmick to that is really funny to me. But to do it right, what I think actually takes some work. I what if it wasn't from her perspective and it was from the other guy's perspective at the day that Twilight showed up? Hmm. So you maintain that style, but it's almost like this is a missing chapter from the book. Yeah, the, there's a... You'd almost have to do that, right? Because like writing like 20 pages or whatever, well, no, not that long, but writing four pages of Twilight in a library is actually not that interesting. It's everything that goes around that's interesting. So no, I think that approach is the right approach. Maybe. 
So I guess next week we'll be writing Great Gatsby fan fiction. Stay tuned, everyone. <laughs> I do have people that apparently like my because I did I did write a MLP fanfic last year that those that read it evidently really liked it. And they're like, you just need to keep writing. You're a great first time author on this site. <laughs> and it's like, mm. <laughs> let's not and say we did. Boy, I got stuff I I wish I could write. But I also feel like I can't do it. I don't. There's a certain level of like I don't want to use my power for evil, but I get these dumbass ideas, and it's like, well, what's stopping me? I want to write like I want to design a, a one of those like Telltale games where it's like story heavy. Mm-hmm. I want to like write out a script, and if I like it enough, I'll like convert it into a visual novel with Visual Novel Maker Seven on Steam. You know what I mean? be kind of cool but it's like ah it's work (laughs) to chart that out to work right yeah especially if like your thing's a joke right like i mean i i I dropped 100 days writing the first draft to a book that's a huge that's a lot of time that's you know over probably over 100 hours to do that yeah but but i mean this is serious like i want to do an actual one oh okay because i feel like they don't they they haven't done anything like this in a while like i what i really want is a star trek fix and i feel like it's really hard to find star trek content right now because everything turned into action movies yeah and it's like i want to go back to like i want to have an episode of something where there's a non-violent uh resolution to the conflict sure because i sincerely miss that no, I, yeah, I get that. Is, I, did you pitch me like a sci-fi idea the other day that I thought was pretty good? I think it was stupid. Um, oh, that, <laughs> no, it was that. Uh, it was that like hostage scenario where like the space station gets invaded by oh, pirates, but then it's like yeah. the pirates are kind of justified and they want a better life, and it's it, they're not actually hurting anybody. I, I thought or there's, something. There's a, good, there's a good story somewhere in there. That's a that that's a good premise. As always, the execution extremely difficult and time consuming, and then you yeah. have to edit it because yeah, I'm your first I'm more of an sucks. ideas guy. You know, I'm holding out for that manager position. I suppose. I don't look forward to editing my next book though. It's a fucking mess. You should hire an editor. No, I gotta do it myself. It'll get it'll get done, and I'll be happy with it. It's just going to be a year. You should hire one of those um, those novelty French maids that walks around and acts sexy, but you don't actually get to do anything with her. Yes, and and she'll come There's over and she'll like dust your typewriter while you're editing. It's like, Brethilda, do you have to do this now? And she'll go, well, and she'll leave early. <laughs> you're full of gold star ideas, Cameron. Nah. <laughs> Uh, good night, everybody. I love you. Yeah, good yeah. night, everybody. Cameron loves you. I do.